Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm very excited to be sitting down and finally recording this episode because I've been reflecting on life in this way for some time and you've heard me reference life kind of being represented by the metaphor of playing a video game. Specifically, I quite often use Sims as an example and so we're going to go a little bit more deep into this topic today and just kind of talk about some of the reframes that I've kind of identified in my life that have helped me to approach life a little bit differently, take things a little bit less seriously, to enjoy myself a little bit more, to let go of feelings of guilt and shame surrounding desire and really all sorts of different things that have kind of just really helped me to change the way that I basically live my life for lack of better way of saying it. I came up for the idea for this episode when I was listening to the podcast Awakening orientation department, I believe. It's hosted by Jessa Reed and she talks about life in this way quite frequently and in one of her episodes she was kind of talking about some of the ways that you may see things differently if you felt that Well, to begin with, if you felt that you had any level of influence or control over your reality, but if you were to see life in sort of the way that it were more of a simulation or or a video game, and I just like the way that those reframes made me start to think about my own life and how those applied and how... I could kind of compile a list of all of the different ways that I've started to look at my life in this way that have been ultimately very freeing and have allowed me to experience a lot more pleasure in my life and to allow myself to have desire. And we'll talk about all of this in the episode, but ultimately what I want to say from the beginning is that you don't necessarily have to believe that life is a simulation or life is a video game you know this is something that gets thrown around a lot and ultimately we're all working with theories here and we're all trying to make sense of this experience that we're having and to believe that it is a video game or that it is a simulation for instance doesn't really change the fact that we're here and we're in this reality and we have to make do with it so whether or not it actually is doesn't really matter we ultimately just want to learn how we can kind of hack the system so we're not miserable during our time in it and so that we can create more harmony for ourselves and others while we are in this space. So again, if you don't really resonate or if you really don't agree with thinking of life in this way, then 
this may not be the episode for you. I just wanted to, you know, first off start by saying I'm definitely not forcing you to see things in this way. It's certainly never my intention on this podcast or within any one of my offerings to tell you how to live your life and what belief system you should align yourself to. I'm definitely not forcing anyone to see things in my way and I recognize that there's so many different ways that we could look at things. I'm simply offering some of the mindset shifts that have made my life more enjoyable and playful and fun and helped me to look at things a little bit differently and offering the same opportunity to kind of share what I've learned and what I've been exposed to knowing that that is limited by the experience that I've had and there's always room for evolution in my perspective and I'm always evolving my perspective so at no point do I say that my way of seeing things is complete or final and I really love being open to continuing to evolve that so yeah see how you feel about this I'm really excited to get into it what I will say before starting is I myself am not necessarily a gamer I grew up playing sims a lot i would say and then a few other little computer games like roller coaster tycoon and that's the only one that's coming to mind now um just different things like mario party mario kart nintendo 64 that kind of thing and so i will say going into this that i am not probably the most in the know about the right lingo to use and about all of the different terminology and so if I say something that doesn't sound like exact specific gaming terminology then apologies. I did sit down with Jamie because he is definitely more a gamer than I am and I just had him go through kind of some of the ideas that I had and help me to evolve them so that they made sense in the context of a video game and I worked with him to kind of come up with some of the language used so thank you Jamie for that. I have already touched on the concept of life as a video game in a few episodes but today I really wanted to provide some specific kind of examples and reframes of what you how you might feel differently about your life and about yourself if you were to believe on some level that you are living in a video game and like I said you don't necessarily need to believe that in order to derive some sort of value from this episode there may be things within the episode that resonate regardless of what you believe. I would definitely say come into this with an open mind, but if you are not feeling like this is resonant with wherever you're at and your beliefs, then obviously there's no obligation to continue to listen. If you are interested though, I think this way of looking at things is so fun. It helps me to take my life less seriously. It helps me to play around with it. And I had mentioned in a previous episode that this kind of more experimental, curious, creative way of living feels really good for me as opposed to feeling like I'm kind of living on a predetermined, you know, one track way of living that has no potential for further exploration, that has no potential for expansion, that felt very limiting to me. So ever since kind of going on this journey of whatever you want to call it, spirituality awakening, I've been seeking out ways of looking at things that can help me to expand my perspective and expand my idea of what's possible for me and myself and the world and this is something that has really landed within the last few years so hopefully 
you might experience some of that as well. Let's start off with some of the language that I'll be using throughout the episode, starting with the game. This is pretty straightforward. We're referring to the game you are playing, in other words, your reality or your life. The word or the term tutorial is what I'll use to define the period where you learn how to play the game. I'll also refer to players assigned to give you a tutorial. So the tutorial period refers to essentially childhood where you're learning about yourself in the world and the players assigned to give you a tutorial are essentially your parents, caretakers, grandparents, teachers, and influential people within that period of your life. Your character is you, essentially your ego, your sim, the person who is playing the game. The map is the interface that makes up the game. The expansion pack or expansion packs is basically add-ons to the game to enhance and expand the experience. Level, the word level is used to refer to the space available to complete certain tasks and objectives. Leveling up or level up is how you progress throughout the game and advance from one level to another. And then resources are the things that you need in the game to survive and thrive. I may introduce other language throughout the episode, but I'll do my best to kind of explain what I mean as I go. Okay, so general features of the game, not necessarily related to anything specific, but generally, if you saw life in this way, if you identified with the belief on some level that you're playing a game and you have more influence than you may currently believe, if you believe this, you would accept that the way that you want to play the game might be different from how others want to play. That would just be a natural realization. Let's say if I was playing Sims, I would fully recognize that if my friends and I were to compare our experiences playing Sims or playing a video game, it would be completely different the way that we chose to approach certain tasks or certain objectives would be completely different. My friend might have more of a preference to spend more time building the home, whereas I may have a preference to spend time doing different things. And the same would go for really any game that you're playing, just recognizing that different people have different ways of approaching a game. And so it's not really about enforcing your way of doing it upon other people. It's about recognizing that we're all in this space together to enjoy it and to co-create and to come together where possible. You also understand, and this is important because again, I think when we talk about life in this way, it can be easy to feel badly about some of the experiences we've had because maybe we feel on some level like we're being fed the idea or the belief that it's our fault. So it's important here to remember that just like in a game, you'd understand that there are things, i.e. events and circumstances happening, other players, all of these things happening outside of your control within the game. So you can almost imagine this as though you're playing real-time online with other players. You fully recognize that although you have a lot of influence over the game that you play, the way that you play, customizing your character, customizing your experience, there will always be things going on in the game that you are not able to control. And even to think that you could control those things would be overwhelming and there would be way too much to even consider. So recognizing this because, number one, it helps us to focus on 
what we do have the ability to influence. So in the case of the game, how we play it, how we approach it, how we customize our character, and then how that applies to real life, our thoughts, habits, patterns, beliefs, decisions, who we surround ourselves with. And then there's also factors happening outside and beyond our control. Similar to the point about everyone kind of wanting to approach the game in their own way and allowing that to happen, you'd also realize that everyone is kind of focused on playing their own game. So in other words, when we tend to in life get super worried about people being really judgmental towards us and people worrying about our lives, we also have to recognize that they're playing their own game and they have a whole set of their own kind of tasks and objectives and goals that they're dealing with and that they're working towards. So this can help us to understand that people aren't as focused on us as we think they are and it can help us to kind of worry less about that. Another general kind of concept is that as you were playing the game, you wouldn't expect not to face challenge and failure and defeat throughout the game. I think one thing I observe within myself and within the space that I'm exposed to in spirituality is that I over-identified with a narrative that if I was in alignment with my authentic self, that everything would flow from there. And I certainly think that opening up to more ease and finding easier ways of doing things and not always feeling like life is an uphill battle, I think that's really important. But at the same time, to expect that we're somehow going to arrive to this place where we never again experience what it's like to fail, even though I don't really like that word, to experience setback to have challenges I think that expectation sets us up for failure and if we were playing a game or a video game specifically we would understand that there are obstacles of course that we must encounter and if we want to get to the next level as we'll talk about in a little bit we would need to address those rather than ignore them because they would continue to come back up if we did ignore them so this covers the general aspects of the game and now we're going to get a little bit more specific so one thing i had mentioned is that we start our game with a tutorial period so this refers to basically the time in which we learn about the world, we learn about the game, we learn how to navigate it, we learn all the different controls. And in life, this refers to basically when we are young, we're learning how to navigate the world, we're learning about our identity, we're learning about what's safe, what's not safe, and all of these things that are designed to prepare us to navigate life in the best way. Now, some important kind of tidbits here is the first thing is we can't expect that in that period that our tutorial is going to be complete. You'll expand and evolve your understanding of the game as you actually play it. And this is where Jamie kind of helped me out. He was telling me that in some games you'll be taught controls, for example, how to double jump, but you won't necessarily be taught how or when to use it. You'll learn that in the game. And so it's important to remember that as you play the game, you're going to learn different things that perhaps you were never taught before, or you're going to learn how to do something that you were taught, but you're going to do it in a different context. And so it's not to expect that during this incubation kind of period where we're learning about things, that that is going to be the most comprehensive 
set of lessons and will never need to learn anything else. When I was really deep into inner child work and going through that healing and that whole process, one thing I really noticed was how I had gotten to a point where I wasn't really open to learning about things because I thought maybe that would mean that I wasn't smart enough or I didn't know my way around and more and more I have this theory that ultimately deep down we're all just children trying to figure out how to exist in this space without having a complete kind of miserable time and we somehow are rewarded and glorified for acting like we know what's going on and for getting to a point where we feel like all of our knowledge is complete and all of our beliefs are complete and there's no space to evolve those or expand those and so I think that's what happens to many of us who feel like we've lost this sense of exploration and curiosity and experimentation because we're kind of expected to know how the world works and to know where we stand in it. So this reframe is more about recognizing that when we approach life in this way, we are constantly open to learning and constantly open to evolving our thinking and our way of playing and our way of existing in the world. Another really important lesson is that the players assigned to giving you your tutorial, so the players that are also in the game, who have had a little bit of experience playing the game and are have been assigned, like I said, to providing you a tutorial for how to play the game to set you up. Those players are limited to their own experience within the game and their own understanding of how it works. So not only is there potential for that understanding to be inaccurate or limited, but it could also be associated with an old feature of the game that no longer exists or has been updated. So What this refers to is essentially whoever your caretakers or very influential kind of beings in your early life, whether that's parents, grandparents, teachers, etc. It's not to say that this period and this these lessons that we learned are not applicable whatsoever. It's simply that there is always opportunity for there to be more than what we were taught during that period. So I think a lot of the time we find it difficult when we're trying to evolve away from something that we learn to be true within that period of our life, so within childhood. And something else that I found really limiting in life was when I would speak to someone, typically someone in kind of an older generation, and I would feel like I was always being shut down to the way that I wanted to think, the way that I wanted to see the world because I was told, well, that's not how it works or this is what you have to do to get by. And again, it's not to say that that type of advice isn't helpful and isn't valuable because again, there is the recognition that these people have more experience playing the game than we do. I think it's more so about giving ourselves permission to have our own experience with the game and to form our own way of seeing and navigating the game. And a practical application of this is when I was going through a career transition, I wanted to move away from something that was quite traditional and stable and I would say highly regarded by society, by my parents, by, you know, people in, well, I would say across the board, it's a highly regarded job that I was walking away from. But that being said, I felt called from the beginning of my experience in the working world to do something that 
really was connected to the internet because I saw a lot of potential there. I saw that that was something I was interested in. And I was met with a lot of resistance and I allowed that resistance to stop me from taking any action for a long time. So if I were to express my vision for what I wanted to do with my career and how I saw that evolving, I would quite often be met with, like I said, resistance from older generations, I'll say, which I would get really frustrated by for a long time and I would feel like you know, maybe they're right, maybe it's not possible for me to succeed in this space. But the reality is, is that the internet specifically, and it doesn't just go for the internet, the world has evolved so rapidly and there have been so many different things that have changed. But the majority of the experience with life, or in other words, the majority of experience with the game that people who resisted my vision had didn't include the internet so what i mean by that is people who were not understanding my vision that was connected to the internet and my vision for being successful and using the internet as a tool for that to open up to a less traditional way of working literally had experienced the majority of their life as well as their entirety in a lot of cases of their working life without that whole sector of opportunity available to them. So it does make sense that there would be apprehension towards that decision and that there would be a lack of understanding towards that decision. But it wasn't until I realized that there's space for different truths and it would be true that this would be a very difficult transition in a time before the internet and I can understand and accept that. However, I started to open myself up to the fact that that might not necessarily be the case in the reality that we live in now. Putting it in a different way, let's say you wanted to pick up a new game and you wanted to start playing a new video game and you picked up a version that was version 5. You more than likely wouldn't get a complete view of version 5 if you were getting a tutorial or if you were getting instructions from someone who had only ever played version 1 or who had had very limited experience with version 5. I don't know if games are referred to like that version 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, but you understand the idea that I'm trying to get at, which is essentially you wouldn't want to seek the majority of your advice from someone who had only played an old version of a video game. You would still get value, you would still be able to get insight, and you would appreciate that, but you would likely want to, on one hand, get a more holistic view of the game by playing it yourself and on the other hand you would want to seek out players who had actually played the current version and who could provide you with that up-to-date understanding of what to expect. I believe that the players assigned to giving us our tutorial are doing the best they can to explain the game and to exemplify how to play the game and to demonstrate how to play the game within the context of their own experience and their understanding of how it works. On the flip side, we also have the instances where the players assigned to providing your tutorial might neglect or fail in their duties or maybe even 
unavailable to provide those tutorials in the way that we need them. And that will make it more difficult for us to navigate and succeed in the game. If you think about trying to start to play a game without proper instructions or with the wrong instructions or with, you know, instructions that are set up for you to fail or only experience the game in one way, all of these things would make it a lot more difficult for us to succeed in the game. Let's talk a little bit now about your character. So the first thing to consider is that when you were playing a video game, you wouldn't over-identify with your character who is playing the game. You'd recognize that you're just kind of playing a part, you're playing a role, and that you can ultimately customize that character and you can design it in the way that you would like to. You also wouldn't hyper-fixate on the past versions of your character beyond allowing the lessons you learned, let's say in a previous level, to help you to play the game better. You'd be willing to... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. delete certain aspects of your character to upgrade certain aspects and to customize your character as desired and needed this is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast in terms of the design your character process and how we can release ourselves from past versions of ourselves and past versions of our character and to identify how we want to customize it and to identify why we may be closed off to certain aspects of becoming that character. So I would definitely recommend if you're interested in looking into that a little bit more, then of course you are likely already aware of the resources that are available to you within this space, but just kind of highlighting that if you were to look at life in this way, you would be willing to see that there is more 
influence and customization available than perhaps what we're led to believe. Notice that I'm not saying anything about every single aspect of ourselves being customizable or being available to remove or delete or whatever it may be but just opening up to the idea that there is more customization available than what we think i really don't align to or resonate with the idea that we arrive at some final version of ourselves that we are expected to play out for the rest of our days maybe some people do to me that sounds boring i would always like to be able to adapt and evolve according to experiences that I'm having, people that I'm meeting, and things that I'm wanting to change about myself. And I say this a lot, but in a kind of real world application, people will often say that this idea of designing your character is like becoming someone that you're not. I don't see it that way. I also don't see there being as one final version of who I am. I think that's flexible. And so if you look at life in this way and you resonate with that, then being able to work on designing and customizing your character is really fun and can be really playful and exciting and As you already know, if you listen to this podcast, that is one of my absolute favorite places to start. You'd also notice the themes and opportunities that come up in the game can help you to define the kind of character that you want to be. So using, again, more of a practical real-life example, in Design Your Character, I kind of present three ways to identify the characteristics that you want to embody, so that kind of helps with the design process. The first one is contrasting experiences so you've been shown that you don't want something and that helps you to identify what you do want another is you witness a certain characteristic in someone else and you think that that is something that you would like and then the third is kind of adaptive so you see something in yourself that you want more of or there's an opportunity in your environment that is inviting you to cultivate more of a certain characteristic The fun part and the liberating part for me is to ultimately give myself permission to play around and to experience not liking something about myself or not finding something pleasant and to allow myself to explore if there's an opportunity available for me to have a more pleasant way of navigating the world. Whenever I find narratives popping up that go something like this is just who I am or you know this is the way things are for me this is the way that they always have been it's the way they always will be that's when I kind of tune into maybe I have a narrative there that I can explore a little bit more about why I am that way and then I can see if there are more opportunities or options available to me okay moving on to the level up category You'd understand that when you want to reach a new level, there may be obstacles to face. So the game that comes to mind here for me is I used to play Game Boy Mario, Super Mario Party, I think it was called. I don't know. I don't remember. Just the normal Mario game. And I remember that at the end of every level, there was this kind of big obstacle that you had to face before moving on. So that's kind of the visual that comes to mind is that... It doesn't necessarily mean that every time you identify, hmm, I want to try changing careers or I want to try putting myself out there in a new way that you'll necessarily encounter some big obstacle or big struggle. It's simply to say that there may be things that we need to overcome in order to get onto the other side. 
a lot of the time this is fear and this is often associated with the fact that we feel comfortable in the level that we're playing in other words we're so used to being in that level and we kind of know our way around that the obstacle to getting to the next level is just our own fear of it so our own fear of putting ourselves out there our own fear of being rejected our own fear of embarrassment all of these things that are very real and valid however if we continue to avoid them, we will more than likely stay in the same level. So just being able to allow ourselves to face those obstacles, face those challenges, and give ourselves the resources that we may need to face those challenges. Sometimes that's armor. Sometimes that's a certain resource that is going to help you to come into that experience a little bit more well-equipped. And that is what we talk about a lot on this podcast and within the Design Your Character is being able to actually address why you are closed off to getting to that next step you say that you want something you say that you desire something but internally you're closing yourself off from seeing yourself in that position in taking action towards it you also wouldn't expect to be able to skip a bunch of levels at once you would understand that you need to level up in steps and you kind of need to complete one level to get on to the next and to unlock the next now The reason I say this is because I think a lot of the time in manifestation, we're taught to think bigger. We're we're taught to, you know, expand our minds, to think more, to think bigger. And that can create a lot of resistance because we haven't even allowed ourselves to get to even a marginally close level to what it is that we desire. And so that's like trying to prepare ourselves for level 20 when we haven't even completed level one or level two it's not to say that it's not possible for us to get there it may be but it will be a lot easier for us to still get to that same point and to do it in steps not only that but we'll more than likely be a lot more prepared once we get to that point because we will have faced all the obstacles in between level one and 20 in a more iterative way than rather than trying to do it all at once. We also tend to really get hung up on this idea of failure and why I quite often say that I don't really like this idea of failure is it implies, again, finality. In a video game, you'd understand that you would have a chance to replay levels, replay obstacles, revisit challenges, and you would have a new piece of insight about the level, about the obstacle from every quote-unquote failure that you had. So this to me is representative of recurring patterns in life in the sense that quite often we're met with the same patterns over and over again, the same challenge, the same struggle. We can have the same kind of wound following us throughout life and we have the opportunity to face them differently and to replay them and It's my belief that opportunities that manifest in our lives are giving us basically the option of taking a different path than what we've taken in the past. So let's say you keep having a boss, you continue to have a boss that treats you poorly, that is mean to you, that doesn't respect your time and your boundaries, and that theme is recurring over and over and over again. Well, When we think of it from the perspective of having the chance to replay levels, you can think of this boss as being representative of 
a type of confrontation that you need to learn how to navigate without abandoning yourself and having the opportunity to do that. And it's not to say that if in one experience you don't stand up for yourself that you failed. It simply means that you have a lesson to take into the next experience that you have with that obstacle. Another big one that I could talk about for probably hours is that if you were playing a video game, you wouldn't always necessarily force yourself to approach things in the hardest way. Maybe sometimes you would because you'd find it satisfying, but you'd also probably, as you started to play the game, be seeking out easier ways of doing things, easier ways of beating levels, easier ways of acquiring resources, or I should say perhaps more efficient, more pleasant ways. Because ultimately you're here in the game to have fun and play and experiment and experience and so you wouldn't always necessarily want to be taking things in the hardest possible way and going along with that same theme your resistance to there being an easier way might be because you fear it will be boring or less satisfying but it doesn't mean that an easier way doesn't exist I started to consider this with respect to cheat codes that were available when playing Sims that made it a lot more easy and a lot more expansive and allowed you to access a lot more of the game when you were able to use the cheat codes. So you were able to acquire money a lot faster than the traditional way of doing it with the cheat code and then when you did that you were able to buy build a bigger house buy more things for the house etc and the reason I realized that sometimes I didn't want to play that way sometimes I did because I had a specific idea of what I wanted to build and it felt too boring and long to try to get there without the cheat code But sometimes you want to kind of challenge yourself because you feel on some level that it would be boring if you just got the cheat code. But again, it's important to not be closed off to the idea that there may be an easier way of doing things. Sometimes we can derive satisfaction from the more difficult ways of doing things. But again, it doesn't mean that an easier way doesn't exist. I think a lot of the time there's a lot of morality and virtue that we associate with difficulty and it can be it can be awkward to share that you're open to finding easier ways of doing things because sometimes that comes with a stigma attached to it to for example being lazy and I do think this is different from the conversation that we'll talk about in a moment of basically privilege which is that it is going to be easier for certain players to access certain resources. And that's kind of a separate conversation, which again, we'll get into in a moment. But here what we're speaking to is simply being open to the idea of ease when you feel that you want to make that available. And again, similar to life, there will always be people who want to play the game without the cheat codes, who don't want to open up to those kind of quicker ways of doing things and easier ways of doing things but it all comes back to that doesn't mean that those easier ways aren't available so if you're having a conversation with someone who is very much attached to the difficult way of doing things that's okay their way isn't necessarily wrong but it doesn't mean that just because they see it in this way and they see that being the best way to navigate it that that is the only way to navigate the experience. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about the map and expansion packs. So 
If you were playing a video game, you'd recognize that you only know as much about the game and the map as you've been exposed to. So you wouldn't expect that after playing in a certain area of the map that you know the entire game. You'd also likely seek opportunities to explore and learn more about the map. You may choose not to because you may be very comfortable in the part of the map that you're playing in and that might be perfectly great for you, but at some point perhaps you may be compelled to explore more of the map. If and when you do choose to explore new areas of the map, you would recognize that it's normal for that exploration to feel very unfamiliar and even scary because you ultimately don't know what you're going to face. Whereas the area of the map that you've played in for so long, you are very familiar with some of the obstacles. You are very familiar with what goes on within that space. What this translates to in life is that if you should choose to expand beyond your comfort zone, if you are trying to overcome a limiting belief, if you are trying to put yourself out there in a new way, if you're moving to a new place, if you're trying to make new friends, if you're trying to form a new relationship, that may feel very unfamiliar to you and you may even interpret that lack of familiarity with danger however you may have already picked up on the fact that where you are at currently is obviously causing you to want to explore more for some reason there's an aspect of your current reality that is feeling out of alignment and you're wanting to call in something different you're wanting to explore something different there may be of course new obstacles and new challenges and things that you are unfamiliar with but i think a lot of the time we completely project fear onto that experience as opposed to recognizing that of course there may be things that are scary within that new reality reality but we don't need to also close ourselves off to all of the beautiful expansive fun exciting opportunities that would exist within this new area that we can play in in addition to new areas of the map that you may feel compelled to explore you may also get bored with the version of the game you're playing and you want to add on an expansion pack to enhance the experience. As I mentioned, my go-to game growing up was Sims and there were often these expansion packs that you could purchase to be able to play the game in a different way, in a more enhanced way, in a more expansive way. And I just did a little bit of research to see some of the current add-ons that you can get for The Sims. And one of them is called Get to Work Expansion Pack, which in the usual version of the game, at least the version that I used to play, So I guess like in the base game, you send your sim off to work and then you don't really go with them. The day just kind of goes by and they're at work and then they come back. But in this, with this expansion pack, you are able to actually participate in that aspect and go with them to work and see where they're at in work. So the parallel that I draw in life is, again expansion allowing yourself to be more involved and less on autopilot in certain aspects of the game allowing yourself to be expanded into new ways of playing the game or experiencing your life and being able to identify what those things are that you would like to experience and being able to know that there's something out there that exists that can facilitate that experience okay let's now talk about the resources and how they influence the experience of the game so if you're playing a video game you'd understand that maybe this isn't the case for every single video game i'm sure it's not but in many of them and 
in the case of the game that I believe we're playing, you need to replenish your character's resources. You need to charge your battery. You need to get to a healthy level of resources from different aspects like social to health to energy to play to money, etc. You would understand that being well-resourced, re- oh my gosh, being well-resourced helps you to be more available to participate in and enhance the game. And it makes your experience more expansive and enjoyable and pleasurable. You would also be more likely to be well-equipped to tackle certain challenges or obstacles. And you would know when you were low on resources. So in the game, The Sims, or in a lot of video games, I assume, again, I don't know for sure, but specifically in The Sims, you have these kind of bars and you know that you need to fill them up once they start to get to kind of critical level. With the way that many of us live now, we've been programmed to just power through and to ignore the signs that our body is presenting and ignore the sensations that we are receiving and the messages that we're receiving from our body that we need to fill up. And as a result, this can lead to illness, this can lead to burnout and can ultimately just make it really hard for us to participate because we just crash. It also seems to be stigmatized to take time to yourself and to take time to quote unquote fill your cup. And so it can make it difficult to do things like rest, to take time to yourself, to relax, to, you know, just basically spend time on yourself, working on yourself. And also at the same time, there's so much guilt packed onto wanting to be well resourced to wanting to have financial abundance specifically, to have financial freedom. Wanting that for ourselves seems to come with so many different stigmas that many of of us won't even allow that desire to enter our awareness. We'll block off to it. And what ends up happening, at least from my perspective, is we reject opportunities to receive because we don't feel that it's appropriate to even desire those resources to begin with and I think part of the reason that this is the case I think there are multiple reasons I think one of them which is very valid is that it can feel selfish to want resources to for ourselves when certain characters have none it feels selfish. It feels like we are taking away from those characters. And I had mentioned that I would touch on this at some point with respect to privilege, but it's important to recognize in this game that we're playing that it's not a level playing field. And the way it's designed currently makes it harder for certain characters to access resources. In the case of real life, it makes it harder for people to get out of survival mode and to be able to access the healthcare, the ability to rest, to take time away from work because it's it's hard to do that when you are so focused on being able to feed your family or feed yourself. And to deny that that experience is being had means that we don't open up to opportunities to pool resources, to share resources. So when I'm talking about becoming well-resourced as a character, I'm not talking about hoarding and I'm not talking about stealing. I am saying that it's really difficult to be able to get to that position to provide for others, to help others, to support others, to advocate for others 
when all of our own resources and all of our own reserves are completely drained and depleted. Another point I had mentioned about stealing and hoarding Another thing that you may encounter is players or even entities that try to sabotage you in the game or try to deplete your resources or steal them and hoard them to themselves. So a lot of times you'll hear the word in the spiritual community of energy vampires or even more broadly speaking about specific industries that feed off of people's suffering And for me, it's important to consider quite often because it can be insidious and easy to kind of get back into that place of being hypnotized into giving away our resources to entities or to players who are just going to hoard them and don't really have our best interest at heart, is to consider who and what am I giving my resources to right now. And by the way, a resource can be attention, it can be energy, it can be focus. And so a good example of this that came up for me when I was thinking about this is industries that profit off of us feeling badly about our body image. Industries that profit off of people feeling like they need to look a certain way in order to thrive and that then are able to hoard more resources to continue to push that message out to more and more audiences. This can also go for people and this can show up in insidious ways and sometimes even unintentional ways that we do this to others and others do this to us. So for instance, we see that someone is well-resourced in a certain area and we think that the best way to get more of that resource ourselves is to steal from them. So for example, we see someone who is very confident and we feel that we want confidence. And so how do we get there? We take away from that person's confidence. We steal their confidence. And so it's important to remember that that isn't the only way to go about getting resources. And when we do this, we are not playing with other people in a way that helps to build bigger and better things. And what this translates to in life is... As I mentioned earlier in the episode, one way of identifying the type of character you want to be and the type of game you want to play is by learning from other players that you come into contact with. So again, I've used this example before, but I used to see people on social media who displayed a certain lifestyle specifically with respect to freedom and travel and adventure and they were so happy in that life. They had the freedom. They had seemingly the financial resources. And my orientation towards that was rather than being in a position to say, I like that. I would like to bring that into my experience, into my game, into my reality. I would sit in feelings of jealousy and envy. And I imagine that if given the opportunity to interact face-to-face with this type of person, I would feel quite resentful towards them. So just being mindful of when we're doing this to others and when we experience someone doing it to us. So when we experience someone projecting onto us to someone trying to take away from a resource that we have, for example, our confidence, our freedom, our ability to creatively express ourselves and to just be mindful of that and not always feel like we have to feed into it. 
Okay, so we are nearing the end of this episode. The last thing I want to talk about is playing with other players. You'd recognize that pooling resources with other players helps you to build bigger and better things. Coming together, becoming a unit, pooling resources, collaborating can help to build bigger and better things, can help you to have the support you need to get to a new level, can help you to have the guidance that you need to get to a new level. You'd generally want to avoid playing and interacting with players that want to drag you down or want to keep you stuck playing the same level over and over and over again. And this refers to people in our lives that don't allow us to have an opinion that's different from theirs, who don't allow us to have a vision that expands beyond something that they think is possible so being able to recognize when we are coming into contact with those types of players and if possible I know it's not always the case but being able to limit exposure but on the other hand seeking out players that are interested in playing the game in the same way that you can swap experiences with as a means of expanding your understanding of the game and to learn from them and to encounter people who have beat certain levels that you're looking to beat and learn from them and so again being able to gravitate towards those types of players and to be able to work together and to pool resources and to ultimately have a more collaborative community experience That brings us to the end of the episode. I could probably go on about this for hours and hours and hours and hours because I love talking about it so much. I find it fascinating. I started to think about my life like this a little while ago and it has really changed things for me. I want to reiterate, it's not like I'm selling you on the idea that it makes everything easier and you're never going to encounter challenge and that everything is going to be easy breezy from now on. I think quite often that can be a misconstrued idea when we talk about designing our reality and designing our character, but it is something that has opened me up to a lot more joy, pleasure, excitement, and the ability to validate myself and to give myself permission to desire a new experience and to desire exploration and to be curious and to reconnect with the parts of myself that I kind of shut myself off from in childhood, like curiosity and creativity. So this is something that brings me a lot of pleasure. I hope that it brings you pleasure too and that you enjoy this and yeah, I will probably continue to talk about this, continue to make episodes about this. Maybe at some point I'll go into a little bit more depth, but for now I'll leave it at that. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you in next week's episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 